Hey, Robert Berger here. This little clip was recorded during the live stream after we record episode 111. Pretty much just hanging out after we record the episode with everybody in the live stream chat. I thought I'd throw it in here as the good filler clip uh, in between week here on a Thursday. So we have something to listen to. The um, There's an ice cream truck outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Um, yeah, we don't always live stream on Twitch, but when we do, I send out an email. If you want to get on that email list, it is robertberger.com slash live, or just go to robertberger.com, click on the live link, sign up for the email list. That's burger, B-E-R-G-E-R, the German way, not the sandwich way. Link in the show description. And um, yeah, see you next week with uh, an actual episode, hopefully. Three, two, one. All right, we'll just go live chat real quick here and uh, Scott's see what happens. Got three minutes left. Yeah, yeah Scott, now that you've you left me you with get three in on minutes this. here. Yeah, go I'm sorry, that Ro- chat. Oh, Scott, to keep I, talking. Scott, bring uh, well, us up I'm today. I'm sorry, dude. Bring I can't today. help it. I'm like a. <laughs> it's it's a thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what. I tried not at the at the beginning, but then I had a boiler. I came up with a boilermaker out of the gate. That's when you know you there's gonna be trouble. Can't help yourself. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I knew. I knew. I had, th- I had to throw pahokey stories in there too. Scenario-based training. Yeah, that costs us. I agree. Ty- yeah. Tyler says we need a token or a treat every time he makes it to the end of the podcast. I agree. That is a great idea. <laughs> I great, I want to try to figure out. Says, says says Barbara. I agree with both of those. I really do need. Some sort of reward for this. Somebody get this guy a cookie. Yeah, seriously. Somebody make a congratulatory yeah, post yeah. on Pilot Ground for Scott. Yeah. Saying somebody, thank you I, for gracing be, us with your presence. It doesn't have to actually... Right, it doesn't have to actually be anything. It just could be stroking my ego a little bit. You know, telling me how great I am. <laughs> telling me good job. You know, I want to set up a button on Pilot Ground. That just like people can click on it and like whatever the cost is, they click on it, pay it, and it just automatically sends liquor via DoorDash to Scott while he's recording. Because <laughs> he's always, and he always says he doesn't have episode, alcohol. Somebody should send me something. <laughs> That's true. I usually don't. I had some leftover beers this week. Wow. You didn't take them all usually out. I'd- he thought ahead no. this time, I think. No, usually I try to... Dead or he's slipping. No, I didn't, I didn't really think ahead. I just... I was giving it the better no, for the I doubt, just, dude. I mean... <laughs> no, it's it's every other week that I run out of beer. Because I'm going to mark the freaking date then. I'm going to mark the date, Scott. I'm going to so mark the trying, date. So you're trying... You're trying to... Every, every Friday... Every single Friday, I buy a six-pack of an IPA... And then every other Friday, I buy a 30-pack. So the 30-pack is supposed to last two weeks, but it doesn't always last two weeks. So usually, well, it lasts two weekends. Ryan wasn't here the last time you described why it doesn't last that long. It, because you get you have a few beers left and that Sunday, and then you're so excited about your week coming up. That you just want to drink the rest of them, or how'd that go? No, again? no, no. I forgot exactly how I worded it, but thinking about how it's going to be the absolute torture for five days, I'm gonna have to go through. So I try to drown yeah, that so just out. Just drinking by the drinking rest of the thirty beers. pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I try to, none left for the week. I try to not drink. That's the same. I really, I really try not to drink at all on Sunday. I try not to drink on Sunday, but that doesn't happen very often. So usually, I somebody just, said if you're running out, you're not buying enough, and, not, and I like that. <laughs> well, that's a, that is true, Barb. Good, good, uh, good point. But if you I just gotta buy more, if I just buy more, then I'll just, I'll just drink it. Yeah, that's a problem. Though. Yeah. No, that's fair too, though. I don't drink it all during the week. I don't even have the urge to drink during the week. But it's like on the weekend, it's like I can do what I want because it's the weekend. <laughs> Pull up my hair down. 
Right. Do whatever I want. Yep. You got any more in the chat? Got uh before you before uh, you leave, last chat duty. Ben G zero six three two says, I'm a low time CFI and got to instruct in the C one fifty for the first time. Also my first time flying the C the the one fifty <laughs> in general. I couldn't I couldn't believe how accurate it was to say you fly a 172 and you wear a 150. I believe Lee put it that way in an old episode, but it popped into my head today. That was just the last <laughs> so time. true. We we missed we missed Scott reading something. So I'm glad somebody put a long chat in there that Scott felt compelled to to read. Um Lee, you still have access to the chat? Uh, I do. Okay. Did you uh, see the... the, I'm, the I'm going to bed, so... Benji0632. Kids have fun with the chat. Scott just Night struggled everybody. through it, I am reading the so, whole thing. Oh, I'm so sad I missed it. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, can, you can hear it in the recording afterwards. I feel like I didn't start struggling until like the second half. I feel like I nailed the first <laughs> sentence or two, and then after that, I struggled a little bit. C-150 <laughs> is where you started to go downhill. I thought it was pretty it was good. It was yeah, good prior to that. That was the second half, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm so, Lee, you're bed. the one who described. All right. Bye, Scott. See bye, you, Scott. Scott. Later. Good night, Scott. Later. Later. See you, buddy. Good night. Keep your good laptop night. on. I'll see leave you your computer later. up. The browser up. You, guys, you leave the browser up. You guys. Have a good you sleep, guys, bud. Browser. You guys take you care You got to keep it up. You guys. Okay. You guys take keep care now. the browser. You take care now. Okay. Good night. Bye. All right. I'm gonna close my browser now. I'm gonna close the browser. No. Yeah, clo- close it. Close no. it good. Don't. You don't want the NSA it. tracking I, you. I'm gonna go ahead and close shut it. your whole computer down. I'm Just shut it down. Close the browser up. Leave the browser up. Yeah. Five seconds. Yeah, I'm gonna shut it off. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Sh- I'm gonna take the battery it. out. I'm gonna take the battery out. <laughs> yeah. Don't take the battery out. Leave it up. Leave the browser up. <laughs> you oh. might want to hit the like your main power at your house. I don't yeah. want anybody. I don't want anybody. Yeah, I'm gonna throw the main. I'm gonna throw the main. <laughs> yeah, throw main. that main breaker off. That's a good call. Don't yeah. do it. Oh don't god, do it. just to be safe. And and I'm gonna take the battery out of the laptop because I don't want any. I don't. I'm not gonna take any chances. <laughs> All right. Oh god. Later. Good night, guys. Scott. <laughs> I do not have whatever he read in the in the chat, but oh no, was, I'm I a low time. See, I'm gonna go grab a drink, but I'm gonna read it real quick for you so you can respond to it because it's about do. something you said, Lee. All right, I'm a low time CFI and got to instruct in the C-150 Cessna 150 for the first time. Also, my first time flying the Cessna 150 in general. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I couldn't believe how accurate it was to say that you fly a 172 and you wear a 150. I believe Lee put it that way in an old episode, but it mm. popped into my head today. Wow. Go. Man. He read that a lot faster hole. than Scott. <laughs> That's I didn't hear Scott, but I, I wish don't think it went as well as the way Rob just read it. I don't think he had a misstep at all in there, but and I can't <laughs> see it. But yeah, no, I I think well, I don't know how long ago that was. I I would not call myself a 150 fan. I'm a fan of its handling characteristics, and I do love how light it is. But and that's why we talk a lot about liking you know Cubs, J, uh, Super Cubs, whatever, because they're all so harmonious and balanced. You go read Car and Driver and stuff, and like I want to use those types of terms when I describe airplanes, and I probably could, but I like I'm not flying them back to back and all this stuff. But I mean, when you think of handling and balance and stuff like that, and I talk uh, maybe about center of gravity limits and how that affects um, handling characteristics. We've talked a lot about, you know, maybe a 172 or a 182 flying like a truck or newer pipers flying like a truck. They've taken so much of the sensation and the nimbleness out of them. Um, when you go fly those airplanes at their limits, kind of like Ryan and I have done, you really appreciate, or like Ryan does and I have done, um, you really appreciate that nimbleness of the older uh, Pipers. Uh, you know, uh, you know, up up into the '90s, the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. There's just such a direct connection 
and uh, you know, you roll that yoke to the left, the airplane is rolling to the left. And, you know, you get into some of the newer Pipers or, in my opinion, uh, all the 172s that I've flown. I think I've only flown maybe three or four of them. Uh, and I don't know what years they were, what models they were, so I'm generalizing. They are not as um, – they're a little bit heavier on the controls, and I don't That's really appreciate exactly what that. I was thinking. I don't yeah. appreciate the Heavier control that. consoles, or I'm not a big fan either. No, I, I want it light and nimble and reactive. Um, so that, well, and at the end of a day when, you know, when you're doing, you know, flying the islands, doing 50 landings a day, that takes a toll on you. You know, you've been somewhere (laughs) on the, on a 40 knot day, you know, 20, 20 gusting 40 day, which is not common, but it's not uncommon. So happens you go fly on those days and you go do 50 landings and you listen to a very common, uh, common traffic advisory frequency and you don't hear anybody else but you or your company all freaking day for eight freaking hours you don't hear anybody make your radio call but you right because there's nobody else out flying that day it's nuts and i mean it's days when like you're f- driving on the highway and you feel your car getting tossed around and ryan's out flying in it and that is that's when you really start to see those really significant in my opinion significant differences between the older pipers and you know the similar vintage 172s uh that that i don't like i i want the i want the piper feel i want that of that vintage you get to the newer pipers they they fly the same way as the older cessnas do and i assume the new cessnas do too heavy on the controls and work I don't want yeah. an airplane like that to be work for what Ryan. So basically what Ryan is doing right now, or partially, I mean, his day job is one thing. And then what he does for fun is another, but and Ryan can speak to that, of course, but he's using an airplane that was not really, if Piper would have said, Hey, th- Oh, this is what you're going to go do with it. We would have designed it differently if we knew that. Oh yeah. And so he's, I'm not seeing her. We would have made it a Cessna 180. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. They might have said. Even Cessna could say the same about the 180. I mean. For sure. For sure. And that's something I think about often. You know, Cessna 180 would be great. But I often wonder if if I had the money to go buy one right now with insane prices that they are, if I had the money. I don't know that I'd go do that because I almost feel like since we fly professionally – for me to go out to the airport, when I wake up in the morning and I go to the window and it's like, because I remember those days, like, I'll go to the window. Oh, can I fly the Cub today? Yeah, today's a great day to go fly the Cub. I remember those days. Those days, that excitement to go fly a 180, I don't know. I don't know that they necessarily exist that much anymore. Because a 180, I assume, flies similar to a 182 which is when you're flying it solo which you are a lot it's gonna be heavy big engine up front and i understand it's tail wheel and i get all that too but i don't know but i just if you're not trying to land and you're just flying in the pattern or flying you know 120 knots or whatever and just kind of it's not gonna be nimble it's not gonna be nimble it's not gonna be like you gotta push this freaking big 2000 pound tail wheel airplane out of the hangar I don't know if it's the exact feel and connection that I want. I love 180s. I love 185s. I love the concept of them. But will I actually love flying it? And I don't know that I will. I don't know. That's fair to say. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that that light and nimble feeling. Um, Obviously, you have to think about, is it light and nimble solo? Is it light and nimble loaded? Um... I like the way like a 1977 through 1979 Archer feels. I'll tell you that right now. The center gravity envelope is good enough for me that it is from a uh, four-person standpoint. It is such a phenomenal, phenomenally well-balanced airplane, solo, empty, or solo or loaded. Uh, and, right. and I've loaded it very far aft to the limit. Um, and it, 
I, I love the way it feels. I think it's a great bang for the buck airplane. And that's kind of what I always go back to as kind of my baseline. It's got a, yeah. it's great empty. It's great loaded. That's what I think the range should be for everything. And I know 172s that I've flown, 182s, of course, they all just fly. And I don't even want to use it again because it's almost getting blown out of proportion. I will say the, the one, truck at like. least the one, yeah, the 150, you know, that they're talking about too is, it is a nimble airplane, but it is a different beast compared yeah. to a Cherokee 140 mm-hmm. or going even lighter, going to the Cub or the Super Cub. Mm-hmm. Um, it it took me a little bit too. And I know you said you're a low-time CFI in a 150. And the first time I ever flew a 150, I was a low-time CFI too. And I was just like, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> was not a big fan. And it took some getting used to, but I probably have a couple hundred hours in a 150 now and... I actually really enjoy them. Yeah, oh, if there's a way like, to contain, if there's a way to add horsepower without adding weight to the nose, it'd be right. phenomenal. Be Why aren't they building those now? Would be the yeah. question I would be asking. Hopefully, it's everything. It needs to be about eight to ten inches wider where the mm-hmm. pilots sit, <laughs> and about fifty more horsepower. And other than that, leave it alone. Yeah, luckily, one of the first people I taught was a 16-year-old high schooler, and I I weigh 140 pounds, so (laughs) it was pretty easy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. most 150s, nah, not so great. No. Yeah, I'm skinny, so the 150 fits me well. Yeah, but you and I, when you and I would go fly, it's tight. When Scott and I go fly, it's tight. Right. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. And if, if you... What is it for? It's fine for that. But like if you want to connect the dots with, you know, oh, it's it's uh really nimble and I enjoy going to the airport. Like I can I can keep my enthusiasm high to get to the airport and have one less obstacle to go fly. Uh meaning I the airplane I'm going to fly is easy and fun and rewarding. I think that's all great. But I don't want um there's some pretty, I think, not pretty significant, but there's, it needs more horsepower, it needs to be wider. Just like 21st century Americans were just not built for that, that thing anymore. Oh, yeah. You know? You look back at the the pilots of the 1940s during World War II, they all weighed 129 pounds. <laughs> like, exactly. They were, you know, five feet, four inches tall. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. Right. It t- I, was looking, total- I was just at the World War II Museum uh, like a month ago, and the bomber jackets are just like, how did they? They were tiny people. Yeah. Smalls, not mediums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. That's, I mean, 100%. Now, those guys were all like young. Like, it's crazy oh, that too. to think about how yeah. young they were. But yeah. They were, you know, none of them were probably over 24. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. That's Okay, bef- before I lose this, you admit I I missed the part where you said the plane. What was your standard you kind of go by, Lee, as far as for the for, GA stuff you're saying? For, what do you mean? For what? That you like you earlier you were saying like, when I came back, you're saying like you kind of base everything else oh, GA you fly off of just kind of the like the 77 through like 79 in my opinion. So I'm like I'm a Piper family. Um was a Piper family, and I think the most balanced over a wide range of loading conditions and such, 77 through 79, Warrior Archer, uh, I, I think is is kind of my baseline because I know how it feels. It feels really well-balanced uh, solo, so solo weight with topped-off tanks, and obviously even better, you know, the lighter the better, right? That's how he's going to make it the most nimble um, because of, Obviously, weight weight equals angle of attack and loading and all that stuff, but um, load factor or whatever. Um, I think that is that is my baseline. So when I try to like extrapolate that and I go fly, so I go get out of a seventy nine. So I did a lot of flight instructing at seventy nine Warrior. I go get out of that that had a one thousand four hundred seventy four pound empty weight. I would go out. So I had a student whose family owned a one seventy two. It was a seventy. I don't know, 77 or 76, uh, 172, I want to say. 
and I don't remember the weight on that, whatever, but I would notice the stark difference in the, um, basically the workload to fly it on the same freaking day. So in they were they were on Kelly's Island. So we'd go, I, you know, I'd have to I'd fly it over there empty, uh, topped off or close to, and we you know we'd go fly, and you know I landed at the at the island, and sometimes Kelly's Island is one of the more difficult islands, especially landing west. I always thought to do a smooth landing, it's like right when you want to be like touching down smoothly, the wind picks you up and then it goes away and then slams you down. It seems like. Like clockwork. And even if you anticipate it, it still happens to me anyways. I've had it happen, yeah. Yeah, well, right. So I would do that and I could see these really stark differences between the airplanes. What should be almost similar, sort of like talking a 76 or a 77, 172 and a 79 Warrior. I'd fly them literally back to back. And I, I noticed the difference, just how... In a sense, the 172 is light on the controls and as far as roll authority, but I always felt like in, as far as pitch authority, I didn't like it as well. Um, and it, that's probably a very minute difference, and maybe I wouldn't even tell the difference now. But um, back then, I noticed the difference. Right. And that has kind of um, cultivated my my thinking on it. And I've flown a lot, a lot of 182s since then, a few 172s since then. And I stick by it. I mean, just from a pitch attitude standpoint and my um, overemphasis on being able to do a, a I guess, a good landing, um, I, I I just feel like it's a little heavier on the controls than I'd like, uh, a little less balanced. Uh, 150 sure. is probably the most balanced airplane I've ever flown, just underpowered and not much interior space. So it kind of, I don't like it for that reason. Um, a, a, a late model, or not a late model, 77, 79 Cherokee Warrior Archer uh, was kind of the next. And then, you know, 172 was fine. Yeah, I would take a, a, a mid-70s, late-70s, 7172, probably over a newer Piper in term for that control of that, you know, um, light and nimble handling. Yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts on... I, this is a short, short-term idea I have, but it was on pilot ground this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, those the, the the kit foxes that you build, yeah, and they one of the factory options for engines is like I don't know a dozen different engine choices you can do. Bunch. One yeah. of them was a of an O two hundred, yes, which was I always liked the ice the old ice maker on the one fifty I had. That'd be my second uh, option. Okay, I I I think it'd be sweet to do that little radial. Totally inefficient. Um, I, I just think Rotec, it'd be sweet right? to, Is Rotec the brand? Uh, I want to say it's Rotec. Yeah, it's not, it, there's a post Rotex. on Pilot Ground yeah. about it. No, Rotec. Rotex. It's, a rotor, it's a brand new rotary it's engine radi- from Australia. Radial engine. Radial. Like an old seven Waco. Cylinder, not a rotary. I think, a radial. I seven, radial. Yeah, I think it's seven-cylinder okay. radial. Yeah. What? Like, I haven't heard of this sweet. yet. That's awesome. So the, yeah, if you look up, there's something called a radial rocket. So there's a RV Vans RV, then there's yeah. an RV rocket, and there's another company called F1 Rocket. And then there's another company who came out called Radial Rocket. Check that out. Gotcha. YouTube, uh, yeah, sure. YouTube that. You do like 200 knots with a radial. The sound, <laughs> the speed, it's amazing. But I believe they use a Rotec. Of some sort. Gotcha. But Rotec, yeah. So it's a true radial. Um, that was what Kit Fox was back in the day known for. I think they used a different model, obviously radial, or at least they used a round cowling with a, a flat or a um, opposed, horizontally opposed engine. I don't know all the details on that. There used to be a, a Kit Fox that came in with an old Island Airlines pilot. He built one. And that's really? when I started loving them. He had gotcha. a round cowling on it. And um, I think for me, I would probably go more traditional. I'd do a Lycoming 0235 first, and then I'd do an 0200. But I'm, I mean, I love them. I would rock the shit out of a Kit Fox. Nice. That's probably my, my not my main plan, but that that's the most realistic plan for me, I think. You go do a Super Cub or anything like that, I mean, you're... Pfft. 
buku bucks. Yeah. You do a kit fox, you're 150 grand. And the dollars per hour or the dollars, you know, whatever is oh, insane. For sure. But those yeah, put, miles per gallon. <laughs> yeah, I put that the link for those engines in the uh the chat there, Echo. Nice. All right. For yeah, the, I'll have to I saw somebody oh, yeah. ask too how uh spin training was. I mean, I thought it was fun. I did it in a cub, so it wasn't mm. very fast, and you had to force it into a spin. <laughs> Talk about an aircraft that's f- super forgiving. It took we a seven. A, we did, we did it in a one fifty. Yeah, we did it in the cub, and we t- it took us seven years to climb up to like five thousand feet, and then yeah, we just had to like force it into a spin. <laughs> Don had yeah. him do had us do it for our private a couple times. That's pretty cool. I I wish I had the opportunity to teach people that way, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not the aircraft I teach in. It's not approved. So, well, the one I was doing it in that 150. There's a yeah a mod you have to do to do it approved now, to get it approved for spins now. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah the this stress was, on the aircraft probably. This was prior to that. But mod lo- that we were doing that, that's what I understand. Spins. Everybody spins are a low load event. There's not exactly. low, where the load is on the recovery. So, but yeah, as far as the spin goes, it's not a the airplane's stalled. You're stalled. But yeah, on the recovery, depending on how your recovery technique is or how prompt you are, that's where the loading is on the airplane. There's no load, there's little load on the airplane in the actual spin. For sure. Okay, I'm I'm trying to piece together a part of the chat here. My chat's dead, so somebody said somebody said Tom Cruise flew over them. Cessna driver social. I got passed by Tom Cruise and his P fifty one over <laughs> LAX one mm-hmm. morning, and then um, he was having words with SoCal Approach. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to file as a North American Mustang because uh-huh. of confusion with the Mustang jet and yeah. comparable speed. So somebody's um, X-29 responds, why would it really matter to ATC, especially if they have similar performance or they want to differentiate? So what he files is like, I'm sure he was filing probably very close to the right thing. Like a Cessna Mustang is like, I don't know, a 525 something. The, all the Cessna series, I was like 500 something. That's like the C525 might even be Mustang. I'm not sure, but a, I don't know what a P51 is, but those controllers at LAX probably see Cessna Mustangs, Cessnas of some sort, citations of some sort all day long. Every single day. I'm sure not a day goes by they don't see a citation. So for the, I think that's super petty. They see what it is on the strip. It doesn't matter what he says over the radio. They see what is on the strip. They've like, oh yeah, just confirm you're a P-51 or a North American P-51. Yeah, 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 Roger, whatever, and just go on. Like, who cares? <laughs> right, Ryan? Right? Uh, totally He's, agree, yes. Or did he, or was it like VFR? Did he not file, but they were talking about <laughs> he needs to file? Like, I don't know. That Is could he flying be. VFR? I don't know. If he's VFR, I guess. So when you check on VFR, there's like the little dance, right? And, right. and it depends. You have your home field advantage, do that you want to just give it all to them right out of the gate? Or do you want to give them a chance to like, you know, collect lost. what the hell you're doing? Absolutely. Right. So do you want to say, oh, hey, uh, uh, Los Angeles approach uh, North American P51, 3,500 VFR eastbound to Van Ice? I don't know what the hell he would say. Um, like, what did they, what did they, if, is that the scenario? He probably wasn't flying IFR in his P-51, would be my guess. But I don't know. I don't know. God, I don't know what I'd do with a P-51. That'd be sweet, though. (laughs) 
I'd say, I'm going to call myself, I'm going to find myself whatever I want. You're going to deal with it. That's what I would say. But no, I mean, I appreciate the controllers. Um, They have a job to do, and I understand it's the simple things that may make their life very easier. It's nothing for us to do, but it makes their life a lot easier. I get that too. So I don't know the scenario, but... For them to be really be confused, not confused, but how much easier could it be? Well, I'm not going to file as a C525 anymore. I'm going to file as a P51D. I, I don't think there's much ambiguity. I, I think they know what a, five, a Cessna five, or C525 is. So I'd have another scenario, but that'd be fun to listen to. That's for sure. I just feel like the controller would just hear Tom Cruise on the radio and go, Oh, God. here we go. Why? Do you think you could hear it? At least it's not Harrison Ford. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. Your job is going to If this is the biggest problem you have to deal with today as a celebrity flying their own airplane. It's not Harrison Ford. We are good Harrison boys yeah. <laughs> and girls. Like, we got this. Here's the thing, though. Who would you rather meet, though? A celebrity oh, flying Har- an airplane. Harrison Ford. Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford all day long. Hands down. All day long. I do want to see the new Top Gun. Badly. Absolutely. Badly. Yeah. In the worst way. Oh, God. I think I'm going to have to watch <laughs> that YouTube trailer tonight after this, actually. They've only been holding this movie out on us for the last, like, three years. <laughs> I mean, COVID, obviously. It seems like that. But still, It seems like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it has been. No, no, no. It's only been one year, I think. They only put... Uh, the original release date was, like, I think the summer... The f- yeah, it was, like, no, it was right when COVID was happening. We're right. two years out from. Well, I won't look it uh, up. I'm not. I'm look well, it up. I want to. I want to. I know it's over two years. I'm gonna say you're right then. I'm gonna say you're right then because I, <laughs> I don't know how I could go back and see in the time machine when was it originally scheduled for versus yeah. what it is now. I'm sure you could find that. That's common. We can we can right? do that. We can. You can do that now if you want. You can do that now. I just which probably answer questions. <laughs> I I have fair. nothing in my chat, so I can't see anything. So, oh, gotcha. your chat's not working. And the last thing I have is Scott. If you're running out, then you're not buying enough. That's the last thing I have. I do love that. Wow, though. that's odd. Uh, voice recognition is the thing. I can definitely recognize voices I know on the radio. Yeah, definitely. You think so? But I oh, yeah. well, when I know the person, like we use them all the time. Like it's nothing but radios and my day jobs and yachting and so we're always on the radios and i know all the people i'm talking to i recognize some of the other captains when i hear them Mm. in the area okay it's recognizable i don't know though if i don't know if you'd from watching top gun and now you're flying listening through your headset in your plane and then now you can recognize that as Tom Cruise over an aviation thing? Maybe. I don't know. I've well, yeah, but if, it's a, if I hear North American, that's either Navion or a P-51 is the way I interpret it in my head. There may be other little models that are, or not little models, but other models that are North Americans as well. And I don't right. know what those are. But I think of Navion, and I know they say that because I think it sounds cool to them, in my opinion. I, my ears perk, perk up when I hear North American. So when you think of now, of course, obviously there's a huge percentage maybe of rich people with their own airplanes in LA, South California, but I would perk up. I always sure. perk up actually when people are arguing with controllers. That's always fun to me to listen. Absolutely. We all do. We're like, oh, it's like turning on reality TV and you're it, like, that's oh it. shit, it's going down. That's right. <laughs> We That's right. That, when you guys fl- you guys fly away more than like Scott and I do. Remember when the argument happened that you overheard? Oh, and go back to ATC and then like go live. grab the, yeah. go grab the clip and then we can play I, it on the show. I need I'm to start sure, doing that. Absolutely, I'm pretty sure I can. Like if I have that clip ahead of time, I can th- play that on the show oh, like, that'd be while sweet. we're going. Yeah. And I feel like that'd be fascinating. I heard Some a pilot controller stuff. get into it in New York like three years ago, and it was phenomenal like the one goes like grow up and the other one turns back and goes you grow up it was they were like children <laughs> fighting on the radio oh god oh, i was god. like is this happening like 
People yeah. also have different radio voices, even when it's high quality. Like I've, I've been around a couple people like listen to on the radio. Yeah. Um, like been in the same room and heard them talk. Like I listened to their show for years and then been in the same room where they're talking. Like you're not going through a microphone anymore. Mm-hmm. And right. the voice sounds way different. Like if yeah. I didn't know who they, if I didn't know who they are, like I would not have recognized that voice, even though I've been listening to them on the radio for years. That's what I'm saying about Tom Cruise, for sure. Harrison Ford. I wouldn't recognize any of them. John Travolta, all these like super prominent like aviation celebrities. I don't say I. I would say I'm going to err on the side of caution and be like, I would not recognize that unless I, I knew that, and I was a total nerd and I knew the end number, which oh, some yeah. people do. There's st- those people are out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I fly with some of them. Oh yeah. Same. <laughs> so, like, what end numbers will they know? Like, you don't have to say the little like legit. Like, all give me an example. Them. All, all of them. For like who? Yes. <laughs> Any like, like anyone? So, celebrities jets or yeah. celebrities jets are like specific airplanes. So be like, oh yeah, that's the such and such out of you know. You're just like. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's the Dallas Spurs. That's Home Depot. That's whatever. It's like okay, sure. That's Warren Buffett's private plane. Yeah. I don't know. I don't give a shit. Exactly. Yeah, but they're I the same people that be like, oh well, that's uh, you know this this mountain range and that's this river and it's like, dude, okay, sure. <laughs> it's the same people. It's the same for yeah. sure. Okay, it's like, get a life. Which I get it. Everybody's got their niche and their stuff, but so, I like flying. How are they finding the information out? Though? Obsession. Um, it's just like their own mental thing, like, like compulsively thing. researching it on. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be. I don't want to be like. Um. What do I want to say? Uncouth or like unsupportive, but like I'm talking about like on the spectrum, perhaps. Okay. I mean, serious. Like seriously, <laughs> seriously. Like to I a just agree. Like, like, well, I mean, that, I am arguably. I'm on the spectrum. Like, there's like <laughs> probably no doubt about that. To be honest, but it's just it's a next level. Hey, man, the richest man in the world is so it it is what it is. So I'm I'm in, I work in yachting. The new and the I'm, new owner of Twitter is that who you're talking about? Yes, Me? sir. No. Yeah, <laughs> you're not the. Are are you the new owner of Twitter, Rob? No. What are you not telling us? <laughs> I wish. Um, while we're in yachting, so like I'll see, I will find out just through the course of my day job who owns a lot of boats that you're like you're not supposed to know who owns it. They go to great mm-hmm. lengths, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I'm curious just from like someone who's interested in business and stuff. I'm like. Once I find out who someone is, it's usually people you've never heard of. And I'm like, okay, I'm curious right. what they did to pay for these hundreds of millions of dollars boats with dozens of full-time crew living on it. Yeah. Like, I'm curious what they did to make that kind of money. And they yeah. only use it a couple couple years a week. So then yeah. I'll kind of I'll kind of look into that kind of stuff. And yeah. so I'll see like a I'll see boats, you know, big boats, um, and I'll like I'll know a lot of the backstory. I usually don't talk about it unless it's like a close friend or something. But I guess the the um the time frame with which you see a boat come into the harbor and you Google on your phone to find out oh who that's registered to LLC what have you. And then go through a couple little rabbit holes, find out who actually owns it. That's one thing. But to have this knowledge off the top of your head when you hear an end number check on with Albuquerque Center, that is a totally different level of awareness of of things. I'm not downplaying your knowledge or whatever of anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to put a spotlight on the level of over the top. I don't have time for that shit type concept. 
Oh, neither do I. I don't. I don't research I it like some that. people I, do. Some people like, are yeah, yeah. so into it. They're like plane spot. Like you're a pilot. Like why do you need to like fantasize and live vicariously through the like other stuff? Like I don't I, like people are just airplane nerds, nuts, and some of those nerds and nuts are the ones actually flying other airplanes. Oh yeah, not just plane spotters. That's fine. I'm not one of those. I can't tell the difference between a Falcon 50 and a Falcon 900. X we, or XP or whatever the hell they are. I don't even know. I don't care. We are unique in the aviation podcasting space in that we hate airplanes. We just, we just yeah. have a very unique. <laughs> We've been take. saying it since we were in our like <laughs> early teens. Yeah, we don't like airplanes. We don't <laughs> like airplanes. I'm the first to admit it, and I know you guys are too. Absolutely. Yeah. I could give a shit. That's how. <laughs> It's just a unique perspective. I feel like I don't. There's more of us other... out there. Tell us who you are now. I don't Seriously, feel like, <laughs> I don't feel like there's a. I don't listen to other aviation podcasts, um, but I, I would just guess that. I assume that a lot of the other aviation shows are very much. Maybe I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I could almost guarantee it, but I don't listen to anything else. Yeah, like when we get guests, like all the guests you hear, I have to like beg and plead. Like a lot of like people would, I have co-hosts, Scott. It's like, Scott's like, I don't want to talk about flying. I'm like, you're a host on the show. Okay. We're recording tonight. It is your show. He's like, I hate this so much. <laughs> and then, but when he gets on and starts drinking and has a good time, but to get him to come on is, is hard sometimes. And it's just, I don't know. It's a unique thing. We've been, I don't know where this tangent went. But no, I don't do research online for that kind of stuff. I'll like, I'll end up having a drink, and the guy sitting next to me at the bar is like, used to date the stewardess who used to work on this boat. And that, like, he'll tell me who the owner is. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that would have yeah. been impossible to figure out online because they got companies that literally try, like, yeah, same with the air- airplanes. Keep the information yeah. offline. They make up fake companies so, for the airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of these boats are really hard to figure out who the owners are. Yeah, if but, you ever hear, don't get like, me wrong. Pulse, oh, sorry, go ahead, Lee. Go ahead, go ahead. I was you, saying, you. don't get me wrong. I do love flying. <laughs> Obviously, I do it for a living. But to a degree, like I don't want that to define me. And I feel like there's so many people in our industry that that's what they do. And you're just like, get a life, <laughs> like outside of it. Bingo. Go you have yourself. Have go multiple hobbies. That too. Yep. Yeah. Or you don't need to have multiple. Well, yeah, I guess you should. <laughs> I guess, like, it's so, all right, so I have a couple of kids, and I'm not the best dad in the world, obviously, but, like, I'm cutting trim and, like, retrimming, like, our bathroom, or our bathroom, and dude's texting me about, like, what time, like, it's just, like, there's just a different, it's just a different world. I have other things on my mind other than just let's go fly airplanes. So it's like, right. I'm going to start thinking about tomorrow, like at like eight o'clock tonight. So just, you know, if you have the time, we'll just go with that. That's fine. If you have a plan, we'll just go with that. But otherwise, like, I don't really care. Like life goes on. It's not just all in this little ecosystem of aviation only. And it's whatever. Um, it depends on what your background is, what you're doing. Um, but I, I, it's just people, people are different, but yeah, I mean, there's oh, the people, for sure. it's like, it can be your hobby and your profession. I totally get that. And I think that's probably what people would recommend, you know, do what you love. And I mean, I like, I like flying, but if I never flew a jet again, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. But that's just not likely. How do you make money otherwise? Uh, f- for me. But some people are just like, oh, the bigger the jet, the better. And I'm like, uh, how about can we go to a... If there was a single right. cylinder airplane, I would probably do that. That would probably be more fun. I just need to make If somebody paid me 100000 a year to fly a kite, I'd do it. 100%. Dude. 100%. <laughs> 100%. If you're out there, hire me. I, I could sit in the chair and do this all. <laughs> Nice and safe on the well, ground. Well, there might be a little bit of running. You got to get it going first. <laughs> I'll, I'll run. I don't care. Yeah, seriously. I would Stay run. Shape. For that money, would, I'll do I it. I would run. 10 to 15 <laughs> miles an hour. I'm not going to do 20 
But other than that, 10 to 15 miles an hour, I'll run. If you buy me a moped, I might. <laughs> In that case, I'll do 25. <laughs> yeah. Sweet yeah, Lord. It's, it's, it's all... It just depends. Did you come out of the womb? And like with the airlines, they went through this as well. Uh, you know, back in the day. Now all the airline uh, wages have really swelled up. You're well into the hundreds. Um, I, I don't know what the first year pay is for a lot of stuff. But there are people that came out of the womb, basically, wanting to be airline pilots with the resources to um, – pay for all their flight hours and their degree and whatever and have this really good trajectory into the majors. So they'd kind of go through the regionals, go to the majors uh, with their college degree, with their flight hours, whatever, and their rating certificates and get there and then obviously just have a pretty good you know, uh, plan, a, a good career. Um, and, and that kind of, in my opinion, kind of deflated the wages because – they could offer, the airlines could offer really, really low wages back in the day um, to people because they knew people would just take it. Like they wanted to be an airline pilot no matter what it cost. They had the resources to, to have uh, the college degree, the flight hours to get in the seat. They had all that to get in the seat. They didn't necessarily need to wor worry about that working wage that a lot of us normal people need, us mere mortals that need to make a living wage. A lot of them didn't have to worry about that. They had whatever it was, their situation, mommy and daddy or trust fund baby type shit that allowed right. them to operate um, on almost no money. And what that did, that just squashed all the wages for all these regional airline guys, uh, you know, especially in their first years, first few years as a first officer, it made it so terrible for all of them. And then we have all this um, Colgan stuff and all these, and obviously that started a good trajectory for most people, you know, l raise the, the hour amount you need to have and all kinds of stuff. And then obviously pay, pay ensued. And now we're at a, Great spot, I think, for airline pilots starting out. Uh, you know, you're making a uh, hundred grand. You know, obviously they pay it out over several years from a retention right. standpoint. And then you have a flow arrangement. And then you go to a major and all that stuff. But I, I think um, that having, I think now. The, the wages coming back towards sane, in my opinion, sane levels, obviously is good. You can make those decisions as a, you know, you're a high school graduate. Am I going to go to Embry-Riddle? Am I going to go to a, 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 four, a 141 school and get my, my flight hours paid for through student loans and, and get up $180,000, $200,000 in debt? And now you have a regional airline salary that's starting at a hundred. That's a lot more palatable. There were people doing that when they were going to get out of college with a, with all their CFI and maybe whatever a uh, thousand hours, uh, and then go into the regionals and make twenty, thirty grand a year. It's a vastly different landscape, and and I think it's good. I mean, I think it's good. Um, for those people coming out of the womb. But I think originally, you know, back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, obviously a 9-11, then you had the recession in 2008. Obviously that that kind of art, maybe artificially suppressed some things. Uh, but the people accepting almost, uh, like accepting a non-livable wage artificially depressed um, the, the, uh, the, the pay scale basically, for, for regional pilots uh, because some people can do it without making any money. They had their way kind of paved. It's a dream, but, uh, dream job for people. Yeah, so, like, for some people. For some people, yeah. Yeah, it's something that, like... But for a lot of people, that, that, like, I'm looking towards a... Uh, so those people walking out of the womb... They're always going to be cool with it. They're going to make all the sacrifices they need to. Thanks for getting me back on track because I totally lost my train of thought in there. <laughs> like I'm talking. I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going with this. So reel this back in. Yes, thank you. And I need that. I need that a lot. Um, and I already lost it. <laughs> That's how quick it goes.
fleeting thought. Oh, so God. there's a, yeah, there's a it's a dream dream job. So people are there's always going to be. I feel like this, even if it gets extraordinarily not economical mm-hmm. career wise to pursue, mm-hmm. you're always going to have people pursuing it. Yes, um, avidly. Yes. Yep. At all costs, they you'd pay them zero. They've got their bills paid for, their colleges paid for. They're going to go and they're going to hurt it all for the rest of us. And I think like a little bit of a contrast maybe for Ryan and I, we have we've not done it all and seen it all. But we've seen we've right. done most of it. We've seen most of it. And it's just like now it's like flying jets is just a job. Like I don't enjoy it. Just a job, in my opinion. If it's a super cub, that's a different deal. <laughs> I I got into flying thinking I'd become an airline pilot. And mm-hmm. then like I look at it now. Especially like even prior to COVID, I can't stand even flying as a passenger on the airlines, let alone doing it for a living. I couldn't imagine it. Like mm-hmm. it's terrible. It's just a atrocious experience. Anyway. Yeah, it's I mean I don't know. I enjoyed the actual when you showed up at the gate at the airlines. I I enjoyed that's when it started. Other, other than that it sucked. When you showed up at the gate first thing, I enjoyed. It. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I would do it definitely do it again. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just well, I just I mean it depends. Depend, but quality of life is important. And, uh, you know, for sure. I've probably said it before. Uh, one of the last m- kind of, not memories, but one of the last really defined memories I have with the airlines, I'm going home on a Friday night. Uh, I'm waiting in the boarding area. I see all these crusty old captains f- uh, walking around. I'm like, half of these guys are probably just starting their four-day trip. I'm going home. Just to so, pay alimony. Well, yeah, two or three times, two or three times. So (laughs) that's what I'm thinking. And so I'm I'm thinking like I can do this for another 30 years and still be on a Friday night just starting my trip. I don't want that. I don't want that for me and I want that for my kids. I just like, I I just didn't want any of that. And that was not necessarily a realization moment, but that was like, a solidifying moment of for my life goals that wouldn't necessarily work. Is there a different, right? The airline landscape is a little bit different now. Maybe things are different. There's startups and there's mergers and all these things. It's always evolving and maybe it can be fine. Maybe it could be fine for me again, if things were to take a turn where I work now, but I think by and large, it just depends on what you want out of life. If you came out of the womb wanting Airline life, you're going to be fine with it. You're going to make all the sacrifices you need to to get there, and it's going to be fine. You're going to get exactly what you paid for, and it's going to be great. You're going to make a shit ton of money, sail off in the sunset. You do you. Great. Um, flying the airplane for kind of more of the stick and rudder guys, you know, Ryan and I, could we go to the airlines and enjoy flying those airplanes? Yes, but that is a very small percentage of what the uh, airline life is like. Most of it sucks. Um, you spend your some of your days off uh, bidding and worrying about bidding and first come first served and can I get in and what you know what am I allowed to do and you're just spending your time you know four out of eight hours in a day of your days off you are sitting in front of a computer trying to make your life not hell. Um, Making so, that mad dash to get on any flight you can or driving. I've heard horror stories. Oh, oh, you're talking about, yeah, just commuting. Oh, yeah, commuting yeah, will just take the life commute. Off, yeah. take hours and yeah, days say, not and even years the, off yeah. your life. Not even the I'm talking about side just of it, bidding, bidding for a schedule for yeah. next month's schedule. No. But yeah, if you commuting, I had to commute. Cleveland used to be a hub uh, or a, you know, yeah, a hub for uh, United. It wasn't anymore. Um, and actually, I ended up, you know, when it, it kind of got rid of the United hub status, I left ExpressJet, went to uh, took like six months off, went to PSA, which is American. Then I commute right. all the time. And <clears throat> it's terrible. It was terrible. 
But if you live in base, which I'm sure a lot of people obviously listening do, and they're looking on that path, that could be great. I One of my really good friends from PSA, he lives in Charlotte, lives in base. Life is good. Drives to work. All good. All those. Yeah. It, you, you just have to really assess your situation. Yeah. And that can change, too. Your situation can change. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just like to I just like to always say it's it's not all grass isn't always greener on mm-hmm. the uh no yeah. on the airline side or the, even the corporate pilot side or Mm-mm. it it's all about what you want to do or yeah what you're willing to deal with yeah there's the economics everyone looks at that you know two hundred thousand dollar a year airline captain plus, you know, the FedEx guys have been there forever. Now it's getting like 400,000. Yeah, everyone looks insane. But it's like, it's a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like if we could, if we could be the podcast that maybe gives a reality check. How many birthdays, how many of little Timmy's birthdays did you miss to make 400 grand? Weddings, graduations, all that stuff. You're gonna, it's gonna be a lot. Christmas, to get to that level, Thanksgiving, yeah. And for and me, just, that's not worth economically it. viable, like career paths and stuff. That just, I'd rather make one hundred and fifty thousand a year at some one thirty five company and maybe invest my money a certain way to make an extra income. You could yeah. do that. That's enough income to start your own little thing on the side. Yeah. You you win it. You win another ever. I got dozens of job ideas, career opportunities for those 20-somethings out there listening to the show, thinking about, oh, I'm going to sign up for ADP and uh, become a pilot. I'd be like, no, maybe maybe not. It could be I for bet- you. It could be for you, but maybe not, you know? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, totally. If I, could go, if I could go back over and do it all over again, all right? I was straight out of high school. I wouldn't even bothered with college, all right? Mm-hmm. Same. Go f- fly down <laughs> to Fort Lauderdale, okay? And that's where you learned how to fly. <laughs> fly down to Lauder- Fort Lauderdale, or if, if you're in the States, that's pretty much where you go to do it. Get, uh, take your STCW class. This is if you are in, even remotely interested in boating, okay? <laughs> STCW class, that is your entry level going to boat? It's like $1,000. It's like a week program. Easy as all get out, okay? Get on a boat, see the world, you know. It, it's a whole other option. You can be like in hundreds of thousands of dollars within less than 10 years, and your life is hell, even worse than a pilot. But if you follow the Dave Ramsey plan, like from the get-go, you have so much money when you're in your early 30s, you'll be a multimillionaire. You will have seen the world, and then you can do whatever you want. That seems like a way more better option to me than, we than can, the regionals. Yeah, well, I mean, we could talk about life advice, I suppose, but yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just... I'm throwing that out there it's as one path. of thousands of examples. Thousands of examples. I don't know. Yeah, it just depends on on what you want out of life. Yeah. Yeah, we have to talk about that more. What's yeah. going on in the chat? Because I have nothing. Um, <laughs> Ryan, I do you have the chat up? I do. Okay, I've there, totally ignored it. I apologize. Ryan, you, you lead the chat for us. You're, oh, God. Is there anything, anything going on? I feel bad because we're just going on... I'm just kind of overwhelmed here. I want to kind of wrap this up, but I do want to well, try to see if there's anything. Is, yeah, I definitely have to go to bed soon. I have a, Me too. A max. I have a max duty day tomorrow, so oh, that's the, also the other side of life. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Did you have to you tell for, them? Did you have to tell them that it was the max duty? Not day? this time, but the last really? time I had to say, "Hey, this isn't even legal. You just scheduled me for 16 hours okay. of working." Yeah. Yep, Today was. They must have read read between the lines on my last email and said, oh, Great. we'll just put him on for 14 hours. He'll be good. They're talking when, about just getting uh, two, flying 208s in Hawaii is always the dream job, is what everyone in chat see, seems to agree. Probably cool for a bit. It's like the delusions of grandeur. You're just, it becomes a job. They, it always becomes a job. 
Yeah. I got about two years in any job that I've ever done before I just start to despise it. Right. And don't get me wrong, getting paid to fly is exactly what I want to do. I When I got out of flight school, I went and worked on cell phone towers for six years because it paid more than flying airplanes. And I eventually was like, nah, I took a pay cut to come to flying. So I if get I it. Did, if I didn't have this outlet of the Farin podcast, I would probably be looking at getting into flying like as a day job. Absolutely. If that makes sense. I, I think at it, the end of the day, it's a good this, gig. Yeah, there's always this thing that draws me to it. Mm. So as much as I can dole out the advice to to run, like you know, I, Ryan I don't understand. I, Ryan, and I know somewhere that's hiring. If yeah, that, I don't have the time. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. I don't know I don't anymore, man. <laughs> None of the other qualified <laughs> professionals do either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you got pretty good chances. Yeah. If not, we could get them with inside a month. Within seven yeah, months, you yeah, can check yeah. all the boxes. Okay. Times are tough. I don't want to move to Ohio, though. That's the only uh, problem with it's that. It's a pilot's well, market. Yeah, it is a pilot's market. That's for sure. Get after it. If that's your goal, get after get, it. Like, Get after it. Get that Don't let our in. hatred of aviation stop you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess I don't know quite how to define my I d- I relationship with aviation. I, I'm Lee, with you. You are so weird. If anyone, you was were born into born it. I'm the first into, aviator in my family. So yeah, Lee was not to go into Lee's backstory, but Lee was Fair. born into it more than any other person I could ever imagine. Like I can't think of anyone else who was more born into it, did not have an option in life other than becoming a pilot than Lee. Like it. Lee never made the decision like, oh, I think I might become a pilot. It was just like, okay. <laughs> mm. You, you know are a pilot mean? now. You are born. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm the first pilot in my family, but I had good buddies whose families were into it, Scott being one of them. Um, so I, I kind of grew up around it through those friends. And then, Ryan, you didn't really get into it until college. Yeah. No, not until I was 18. I went into yeah. it in college and got the first certificate when I was 18 and haven't turned back, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I did take a break, so it's okay also to take those breaks. I did see somebody said to like in the chat about getting their license a while back and they want to go fly with their instructor. Absolutely do that. I have a ton of former students that come and fly with me when they're just feeling rusty. Mm-hmm. Always, always do that. Because I'm not even going to go as an instructor. I'm just going to go and be like, hey, remember how to do that or this? Or pick their brain or introduce some new things to them that I didn't necessarily focus on during their private pilot certificate. Right. It's totally different when you no longer have the objective of, let's, I don't want to say take shortcuts, but you want to just keep things efficient, barely check the box, I know what your examiner right. wants to see. Let's just get you a, a certificate in your pocket. That's what you paid for. Let's get you there. The goal is it's it's not there anymore. So now it's kind of we can, okay, like, oh, maybe we didn't cover this in depth yeah. or whatever. Let's push outside your comfort zone. It's not so um, objective-oriented. I think that's great. Right. I think that's great. That's supposed that's to be my, somewhat... That's one of my favorite kind of flying. I do love instructing, like... 100%, but I also really love getting outside of that instructor element and just still instructing, but not to the actual parameters of the ACS. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not having to be so uniform. Yeah, that's a really good way to put that. That's a really good way to put that. Never thought about it that way. Yeah, and that and that's kind of the similar, the same feeling you get, like when you get an instructor, uh, a um a student who comes from another instructor or from another flight school, or they need a checkout in your airplane, you get somebody who's already like, you don't need to teach them instrument because you, it's often that you have somebody you're transitioning from private and adding an instrument rating. That's off. That's common. But when you take a private pilot who you're just staying, you're not adding instrument ratings to it. You're just, teaching private pilot skills and then you're handed them that's 
that's uh, maybe not as common, you know, us kind of up in the vacation area where we're doing rental checkouts and, and stuff like that a little bit more commonly. I always thought that was fun when you still stick within that stick and rudder envelope, but you're like, yep. you just kind of expand their horizons a little bit. I think that was always fun. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, that's one of my favorite types of instructing. I mean, I love taking the initial student who has zero time because I remember being that guy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I love getting the experienced ones too and just showing them something they're not familiar with because at the end of the day, you, you could be dealt with something you're not familiar or comfortable with or something you've even trained for and you're like, holy hell, I don't remember like this or it'll happen. Yeah. Can or will. Yeah. Totally. Okay, let's wrap it up on there. I got something to say, but it'll just start another tangent, so we'll uh, just wrap this up. Thank you for listening, everybody. We legit appreciate everyone out there. Um, we went way long. Scott Boris has been snoring for hours already. <laughs> well, an hour at least. An hour. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. And um, yeah, we're trying to do. We try to do a live stream every week. Uh, last couple of weeks, we've just it's been crazy. But uh, we're here. We'll shoot for it again next week. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, until next time, take care. Thank you, guys. See you, guys. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. Thank yes, you. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. It's good to be back. <laughs> yes.